Welcome back to Unboxing Logistics. Big shout out to our logistics community. We really love you and are super glad you're here. Uh, I'm Lori Boyer, and I am the host of this awesome, fun podcast from Easy Post. I'm really excited today because we're diving into a topic that I think is very prevalent in the industry, but that we don't always know so deeply about. So we're going to talk about 3PLs. When we finish today, you should know all kinds of information from, you know, when do I need a 3PL? Maybe should I switch 3PLs? What kind of 3PL options are out there? When do I need a specialty 3PL? Um, all of those kind of topics today, anything you need to know. And so for this topic, I invited Adam McCoy. He is the Chief Operating Officer at eHub, and they are kind of 3PL experts to me, know everything about 3PL. So welcome, Adam. Yes, thank you, Lori. Happy to be here. Excited to talk about 3PLs today. Awesome. Can you tell us, tell our audience, our community a little bit more about you, your background, and maybe a little bit about eHub? Sure, yeah. A little bit about me. So I um, have been in product development most of my career. Um, I came to eHub as the VP of product and then moved into the CEO role. So I still am responsible for all of our product development initiatives at eHub and a lot of our products that are focused on assisting 3PLs and optimizing 3PLs and helping merchants uh, find the right fit for 3PLs. So we have a product that uh, we really have 3PLs and merchants that we bring together and help them align so that we can ensure that the merchant has the right 3PL and really kind of find a win-win for merchants and 3PLs. It's it's a great product that we have and, and it gives me a really good opportunity to learn a lot about 3PLs and, and what merchants need with 3PLs. I love it. I've heard it described before as kind of like a dating service almost yeah. for companies looking for a 3PL and that's Absolutely why I wanted you on today, because you know about matching up companies with the right 3PLs. So yeah, that's no, awesome. that's exactly right. Yeah, we joked around when we were thinking about the name. Uh, there was a lot of people <laughs> that wanted to key off some of the dating service names. So yeah, yeah. yeah we, we joke about that quite a bit. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so with all of my guests, before we get started, I like to just kind of get to know you better. Um, I think it's fun for those of us in the logistics community to get to know the experts a little bit more. So we're going to do this or that. Okay, I'm ready. Um, Quick fire round, and um, I'll probably throw in a few little shipping this or that's as well. Okay. Okay, Adam, pizza or pasta? Uh, Pizza for sure. Twins, love it. Steak or chicken? Um, I'm going to go steak. Yeah. I love it. Would you do it yourself or do you like to get it out? So I'm not a great cook, to be honest. So I'd probably go somewhere else. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I do throw some things on the grill, but okay. yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a best effort kind of situation. So, you know, <laughs> I have to deal with the gifts I have yeah. and cooking's I, not one I'm of them. I'm with you there. Ice cream or cake? Uh, oh, gosh. Both? Is both an option there? Uh, I think we may have to go both. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll go both. Do you like to have them together? Yeah, I do. You know, if you're going to a birthday party, uh-huh. you kind of want the ice cream and cake together. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Football or basketball? Uh, football. I know he's a skier. Yeah. But yes. football over basketball. Yeah, I'll probably go football over basketball. Do you have basketball. a favorite team? Um, I used to be a a Denver Bronco fan growing up. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, once they won the Super Bowl, I was kind of satiated. But okay. uh yeah, Denver Broncos. Once you probably... won the Super Bowl. Yeah. When you're I mean, part of the team. Part of the part team. Of the yeah, team. exactly. We won the Super Bowl. Awesome. Um, 
let's talk workouts. Would you go to the gym or do, you know, something outdoors or, or, you know, organic? Yeah. I mean, probably both. I love, you mentioned skiing. So I love to ski. So a ski day is number one, but, um, you know, working out to ski is, is number two. How many vertical miles do you get in a year? Do you track that in a season? Uh, you know, that's a good question. So I do have an app that tracks it. Uh Um, I'll be honest with you. Like a lot of times, like I forget to turn it on or things. So I actually don't know. Um, it's a good question. I probably should do better at tracking. Someday in retirement, you'll have yeah. to set some major goals. Like, yeah. I want 100,000. I know. I'll <laughs> find out. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, shoot, I didn't have it on. And, you know, then I'll put it on at the end yeah, of the day or something. Get disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Are you a reader or a writer? Um, more of a reader. More yeah. of a reader. Yep. Do you love actual books or ebooks? Well, I used to really enjoy just kind of a hard copy uh-huh. and, you know, kind of sitting down, but with limited time, you know, I try to, I try to throw in an ebook now is probably where I resort. But if I could get some time, I'd love to sit down. You know, that smell and feel yeah. kind of of the right book. Yeah. I love just kind of, you know, sitting down on the couch too, and just kind of laying yeah. down and reading. It's oh, yeah, kind of relaxing. Yeah. yeah. It was always my favorite thing growing up after Christmas. I'd always get a book and be so excited to have it and read and eat all my Christmas treats. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I have a guess. Would vacation, would you be an adventure vacationer or a relaxation vacation? Yeah, definitely an adventure. Like, I mean, um, we, a lot of people that know me joke that they're like, hey, you know, you should do a, some vacation other than a ski trip. Um <laughs> And my wife usually agrees with them. She's like, uh, can we do something other than a ski trip? So we we primarily do adventure stuff. I love, you were just mentioning to me earlier that you're going on a heliskiing tour. Yeah, yeah, Tell next year in March. Tell me a little bit March. about that. Everybody yeah. knows what heliskiing is. I didn't even know. Yeah, uh, taking a helicopter up uh, to the top of a mountain. So we've got three days where That's we're just, insane. you know, going as many times as we can on the helicopter. Um, super excited. It's up kind of. Uh, in Canada, outside of Banff, a little so bit. So cool. Yeah, so super so, excited about so that. So cool. Yeah. Would you say that you are a realist or an idealist? Oh gosh, um, I would say idealist. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that's good for a product guy. Yeah. You got to dream a little. Yeah, you got to dream. Right? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, you still have to be grounded in reality to yeah. make things. You know, I did to delivery. We really have to make things work and. Yeah. From an operations perspective, we have to make sure it's sound. But at the end of the day, like you want to keep delivering greatness for our customers. And so you have to have that yeah. idealistic view. I think so. Okay. I think that's perfect because it's going to bring me into some of my questions. I want to know some of your predictions. So in the future, do you think shipping is going to be done more by rail and less by trucks or vice versa or more air, sea? Well, what's your predictions? These are... Looking into the crystal ball by Adam. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, the drone delivery thing has always been fascinating to me a little bit, you know, and uh-huh. I understand all the complications, but like um, I, I think of we see this trend consistently in multi location fulfillment and really reducing that last mile uh-huh. uh, delivery costs. And so drones have always kind of been appealing for me. So, like, I don't know, I, if, if I were to guess into the future, I'd say more air, probably more drones, something like that. <laughs> I can just picture it as like the Jetsons, like little drones like yeah. flying all over on their routes. That'd yeah. be super cool. So awesome. Well, I'm glad we got to know you a little bit better. And we're going to just dive right into our topic today. Great. Um, 
just for a brief overview, let's say that we've got somebody who's kind of new to the industry out there. Maybe they're, you know, been selling. They've had, they've had a shop and starting to get big. They haven't used a 3PL. So just what is a 3PL? Yep. Kind of give us just the basic. Most of you guys out there know. But for those who don't, what is a 3PL? Um, how would you explain it to someone who doesn't know that concept? Sure. So, I, you know, I like to think of a 3PL as really kind of an extension, a partner to an e-commerce business. And that okay. partner is really a 3PL is focused on a lot of the logistic activities. And if I were to sum it up, I'd say the 3PL when they're, you know, doing their job right, you're focused on getting the right product to the right customer on time. And so okay. all of the activities that are associated with, you know, making sure that you're getting the right product. So the order fulfillment, the pick, pack, you know, getting it in the package, getting the right label and address and everything out the door, um, having the carrier contracts so that they can ensure that that end customer gets the product on time. Okay. So let's say that I had a jewelry store Yep. and I've got tons of inventory, but I've been doing it like maybe in my garage or something. Sure. Okay. Even yeah. bigger, right? What, how does that work? Do I take the inventory to you? Not you, because you don't do a 3PL. Sure, yeah. But, you know, to the 3PL. Yeah, what, absolutely. What? So when you think of uh, the 3PL services, and if, if you're responsible for fulfillment, getting the product to the end consumer, you have to have some function of inventory there, right? And, right. and typically those services include inventory management or at least uh, a kind of a participation with the merchant on ensuring that you have enough inventory. So typically, yes, there's, depending on the situation and how you've negotiated between the e-commerce business and the 3PL, there's going to be some form of inventory that is managed at the warehouse of the 3PL. Okay. And how that comes in, sometimes it can come in direct, sometimes it can come from a merchant if that's where it's being um, created. Okay. And, and so okay. it, it really depends on the product and how it's coming in. But once it's created, it's then sent to a 3PL's warehouse yep. where they then do all the picking, packing, kitting, everything that needs to be done. Yep, exactly. Okay. Yep. And then it's sent out and, yep. and they just take a portion, a fee or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's sometimes a term that, you know, there's a cost for every touch. And that's sometimes, okay. what you know, when we discuss things in the 3PO world, mm -hmm. it's, you know, when I pick an order, I pack an order, I ship an order, all of those different touch points um, result in a, a, a fee. A fee for yep. each. And so can you choose then how many touches you want when you sign Sure, up yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of services um, that a 3PL can offer. And so okay. that's definitely part of kind of the, when you think of the e-commerce business, working with a 3PL, that partnership, they determine, hey, what are the services that we want? So for example, um, you may have one way logistics where they're doing the pick and the pack and the ship, but they're not mm -hmm. handling returns. Returns may actually come back to the e-commerce business themselves. Okay, gotcha. Or the 3PL could handle the returns. And so that could differentiate, you know, the services and therefore the price. Um, kidding, you brought up kidding. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, that's a good example of something where, you it's know, an, the, option. A, an option and additional uh, fee for kidding. Okay. All right, yeah. so it kind of sounds like they can do sort of maybe get their toes wet a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how would somebody know? So let's say now we're going to take it to the next step. Um, or maybe you have an example of a story or, or someone you know. How how does a company know that like, okay, maybe it's time to look for a 3PL? When should, when should they start, you know, 
when is a good signal that you should move from in-house to um, that 3PL kind of model? Sure, yeah. So I have a ton of good examples. So um, with with my current role, I have the opportunity to meet with merchants and 3PLs all the time. Okay. And okay. so it's really one of the more enjoyable parts of my job because I love hearing stories about e-commerce businesses, how they start up, how they so grow. Fun. Yeah. I think it's so inspirational. I want to be an e-commerce business someday. Yeah. So. No, it is <laughs> inspirational. Yeah, it's awesome. And so when I think about like, what are the signs or what are the kind of indicators that an e-commerce business, you know, should look for a 3PL? Mm -hmm. There's a lot. And and I'll share maybe a few and some examples. Okay. Awesome. Um, a, a very common one is growth. And okay. so when you have an e-commerce business, let's say they're doing fulfillment, just for example, they are already doing fulfillment, but mm -hmm. they have grown and they've surpassed their capacity uh, okay. for their existing fulfillment okay. um, functions within the business. I mean, that's a very common example that comes to us and they say, hey, we're growing, you know, we need some help on the fulfillment side. Okay. And so, you know, they have to evaluate, well, do we want to continue, you know, growing our existing fulfillment mm -hmm. side of business, taking on more warehouse space, right. the cost of that, yeah. staffing, or do we want to you know, look for a 3PL, a partner in uh, fulfillment. And so that's probably one of the more common examples mm -hmm. that comes to us. Um, specialization is another. So Gab okay. Wireless is a, a customer of ours. Okay. Um, and Tommy Merrill, who's the director of logistics, I have the opportunity to meet with him on a pretty regular basis. And Tommy's just great. He's very, um, you know, data-driven, make mm -hmm. sure his processes mm -hmm. are very well uh, kind of thought out and nice. that they're well executed. And so I really enjoy meeting with Tommy and, you know, learning about uh, what he's doing from kind of a efficiency perspective. And so I was meeting with Tommy, I was trying to work on this project about building a cost calculator that would help merchants understand, you know, the cost yeah, of yeah, 3PL yeah, services. Yeah. And I know that Gab was using a 3PL and I was like, man, if anybody's dialed on assessing the cost of using a 3PL, Tommy's gone through it. Oh, so wow. I reached out to Tommy. I was like, hey, Tommy, you guys are using a 3PL. Tell me a little bit about kind of what you went through in evaluating the cost of using a 3PL. And as we were kind of having that conversation, he said, you know, the driving force was the specialization on the 3PL in fulfilling a you know, serialization of their product. Okay. And so, you know, they have kind of uh, what I'd consider like, you know, safe uh, digital uh, devices for kids yeah, like yeah, watches yeah. and mm -hmm, smartphones. Mm -hmm. And so one of their products required serialization and they okay. said, hey, ultimately that was something that the 3PL was, um, you know, specialized in. And so they said, it makes sense for us to use um, this 3PL for that specialization. complex. So what other specializations do we see? Yeah, I mean, a, a really common one is like big and bulky. So okay. you may have a product mm -hmm. portfolio where you have some products that are smaller and then others that are big. And so they like can a be a mattress versus a pillow or yeah, a little blanket or something. Big grill, something, you okay. know, Christmas tree. Uh -huh. And so it's like on that fulfillment, there's a lot of functions that are geared towards big and bulky and okay. carrier contracts that can specialize mm -hmm. on the big and bulky. And so that's mm -hmm. an, uh, a common specialization, hazardous okay. materials. Hazardous materials. Yep. Lots of regulations around it, specialized packaging. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so understanding, you know, that function of how do you handle and ship and deliver hazardous product really is a specialization. Would you put like food and beverage into that yeah. category? Uh, I mean, so cold storage, yeah. 
cold, uh, you know, foods are a very common specialization that we see. Yeah. And sometimes it may not be just a defined um, specialization Mm -hmm. per se. Sometimes it's an experience like where, you know, we'll work with a group and they'll say, hey, example, medical devices. We we placed a merchant with uh, a 3PL. They've been doing medical device um, fulfillment for over 30 years. So... Mm. Um, you know, they do other fulfillment, but that's something that they have a lot of experience in. So you'll see that pretty uh, common where, you know, someone has done something, you know, even if it's not a specific specialty, like big and bulky or mm-hmm. hazardous material, but they've handled a particular product type for a long time period. Okay, so if they have a specialty, do you recommend, I mean, are there like, for instance, 3PLs, should they be looking for something that specializes in that area? You know, are there just big and bulky yeah, there are specialized three PLs versus uh, you know, you said medical devices, but any pharmaceutical, for instance, pharmaceutical based. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it depends on the product portfolio and what they need mm-hmm. assistance with. So I mean, it's a pretty big um it's a pretty big task kind of going through and assessing, you know what's the right 3PL and specialty? How much of my product do I want to move over there? We see a lot of hybrid fulfillment models. And so it's- Okay, wait, wait, wait. So hybrid fulfillment. Yeah. So what does that mean? Yeah. So hybrid fulfillment is really kind of a fulfillment model where you can be doing some of the fulfillment, the e-commerce business, doing it on their own and utilizing Mm -hmm. one or more 3PLs. Um, there's a lot of reasons One for doing that. One or more 3PLs. Yeah, so they, you can sign up with multiple 3PLs. Yeah, exactly. So you may be sending like, okay, I've got this pharmaceutical piece that I really want somebody else to ship and I don't want to mess with the medication. I've also got big and bulky, so I'm going to maybe send them somewhere else. But then myself... I, I can do these in-house. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of reasons. I mean, a okay. common one is like multi-location fulfillment. And so, okay. uh, you know, as you're working to improve your delivery time, right? Yeah. We want to make sure. Our- Huge in the industry. Exactly. Huge. Yeah. Customers want their product and they want it as soon as they can get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a really good strategy around that is multi-location fulfillment. So let's just say, okay. for example, you had a West Coast uh, facility. And okay. so you're headquartered West Coast, your fulfillment center is, you know, connected to your uh, operations part of your business. And so you're handling West Coast fulfillment, you would seek okay. then potentially a partner on the east or northeast or southeast, okay. somewhere in the Midwest, perhaps, uh, depending on how much you wanted to really try to use a multi-location fulfillment model. Um, so the so what I'm understanding is the hybrid locate uh, the hybrid usage is most often you're going to be shipping all of your stuff from you know most of your your goods are going to be shipped you know maybe you do your own but then another location does all of that and then you know you want something up in the Midwest or something but it's not as often where you're splitting up your inventory. Yeah, I mean, it it, it depends. I mean, so, I mean, we mentioned Gab, right? Mm -hmm. Gab, that's a hybrid model. They're doing fulfillment. But one of their products that's, you know, specializing in serialization or that needs the serialization, they're using a a 3PL for that. So that would be- So that is an inventory. Yep, exactly. And so they're definitely kind of splitting, hey, some of this specific product. Big and bulky is another one where, I mean, that's more- you know, product specific. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking some of your product portfolio and you're saying you're doing that. And, and in that model, you may not even be doing a multi-location with your big and bulky. You may have one 3PL that's Mm -hmm. focused on just 
big and bulky. Mm-hmm. And then perhaps another 3PL that's helping you on small parcel with multi-location fulfillment. It's way more flexible than I realized. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And I think, you know, the 3PLs have continued to um, really innovate Mm-hmm. Not just from kind of uh, warehousing and positioning and figuring out where to be located to support multi-location yeah. and reducing that last mile cost, but the technology has, you know, significantly enhanced to support that as well. Okay, that's awesome. So let's say somebody already has a 3PL. Or they've been working with a 3PL. Um Maybe what are some signals that they should either get another one or that they should switch? Sure. Like, uh, I don't know. I all you 3PLs, I love you too. But, uh, you know, there may be times that it's just not a perfect fit. So yeah, how, how do they know that maybe it's time to make a swap? Yeah. And I mean, that's a scenario that we see quite a bit. Um, okay. And I think I mentioned before, you think of a partner, that mm-hmm. 3PL is a partner. Mm-hmm. And so the e-commerce business, you know, they're looking at metrics that they say, hey, um, these are the metrics that matter to us because we want great customer satisfaction. Okay. And so if you have a 3PL partner that's not meeting those needs and those SLAs, so let's say, for example, okay. you had a two to three day delivery uh, yeah. timeline, and, and that was what you were kind of guaranteeing to your customers. And that's not happening with your 3PL. Okay. You know, if you can't address that, that's probably a good indication that you should, you know, look for an alternative partner. Do you have a benchmark of, you know... It, should it be 99% of the time they're meeting their SLAs? Is it, you know, what's kind of the average? Yeah, and that's a really good question. And there's a lot of metrics, right? So there's mm-hmm. on-time delivery. There's yeah. uh, order accuracy. Did we get the right order to the right person? Yeah. Um, there's leakage. You know, if you have, uh-huh. you know, inventory leakage, that could be an issue. So I don't know if there's any one particular number that you're looking at with one metric. I think you really need to evaluate kind of comprehensively, hey, are we meeting the metrics that matter to us as an e-commerce business? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it could be just one metric. It could be like, hey, our on-time delivery is just not happening. Yeah. And that's enough. Like, yeah, order accuracy is great. Leakage numbers are great. But on-time delivery is not. And we have to fix that. Yeah. So it could be that's one huge. metric that is is really the driving force. So I, I look at that partnership and say, hey, if the partnership is not working as the e-commerce business mm-hmm. needs them to, um, there's a lot of great 3PLs, you know, uh, there's a right fit 3PL there for you. Okay, awesome. Um, so it kind of makes me think about managing the 3PL relationship as well. Um, would you say, let's say you are having some challenges do you work with them? What? How do you manage? I guess that whole there's a relationship aspect is huge. Sure, yeah. So, um, any tips? I guess on managing that three PL relationship. Yeah, I mean, my first tip would be when you before you start really and okay. and making sure that you've set expectations, okay. contracting. Mm-hmm. So I think the best place for that to start is before you start. Right. Ensuring that Mm -hmm. you've set expectations, your contracts are, you know, negotiated in a way where SLAs are defined. And if you've done that properly, it makes these other aspects of managing the relationship down the road easier. Okay, And so I I would say uh, as much as you can prepare in advance and making sure that you've done that through the contracting process, it will make some of it easier. And then again, I mean, it's, it's business. And so, you know, we're working with partners in business and, you know, there's always that personal relationship part Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, having 
quarterly business reviews or some kind quarterly of regular. Uh, that's what I was going to ask you. When do you, how often do you recommend that they're reviewing it? Quarterly, your quarterly business You know, that's a pretty common, uh, okay. pretty common frequency. I would say a minimum, it should be probably, you know, quarterly. Um, I mean, there's minimum quarterly. I, I would say, yeah, I would, you know, keeping in touch and keeping good communications and making sure that things are, you know, even if it's just a small communication touch point is important with the 3PL. Okay. Um, and so I would also say, you know, the industry for e-commerce, you see peaks um, around Q4, right? And right, you have right. uh, Black Friday all the way through Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so ensuring that you've had meetings preparing for that. Okay, starting when? You know, I, I would say, you know, uh, I would say we see a lot of people kind of starting in that Q3 timeframe, like okay. making sure right that, now, you guys. yeah, right now, mm-hmm. kind of making sure that, hey, we're prepared for okay. Q4, the peak, and things are kind of ready to go. So do you ask them what, like, what are your contingency plans if there's, you know, last year we saw major storms or sure. is, are those the kind of questions they should be asking? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you've been working with them for a while, right, you can mm-hmm. do a retrospective on, okay. you know, yeah. things that happened last year that maybe you want to correct. Okay. Um, and, and then it, you could also just saying, hey, we're coming into Q4 again. Here's our expectations, mm-hmm. kind of realigning on those expectations and saying, hey, Here's our expectations. You know, are we set to prepare uh, to meet those expectations? What can we do to, you yeah. know, ensure that we're uh, being a good partner as well to mm-hmm. to help you as a 3PL meet these timelines? Um, you could also look at metrics like, for example, cycle time. If you've noticed any trends where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, we're getting a little bit slower on cycle time. Is there reasons for that? Because as we go into Q4 uh-huh. and we have, you know, this increase uh, demand. Right. You know, if we're not meeting cycle times now in Q3, maybe that's a warning sign going, yeah, exactly, going into Q4. is it too late, in your opinion, Adam, to switch? So let's say at what point before peak season, if you're thinking, whew, you know, my cycle times are looking bad, I've been having some hiccups, people aren't, they're not meeting their SLAs. How long is the process, I guess, of switching us, uh, switching three PLs? Yeah. What What does that whole transition even look like? Sure. And and the short answer is it depends, right? Okay. And I know that's not the answer that it's the people want. The political answer I get yeah, from everybody. But exactly. Yeah. But I mean, how big is your current footprint in a three PL? Like, okay. you know, how much are they fulfilling? Um, what's the complexity? Like, if we're dealing with, um, you know, specialization, yeah, you know, that could be a little really bit harder. Complex. Um, and so it depends. I would say, you know, a lot of times it can be months to, you know, realign okay. with a new 3PL. And that's once you've actually made the decision, getting the inventory over, mm-hmm. everything over and getting all of those processes set up. It can be months. And so um, it, it just depends on the complexity. I'd say the e-commerce business probably has a pretty good idea if they've already worked with a 3PL, mm-hmm. what it took with their yeah. products to get going. Um and so, yeah, I, w- I would give yourself time. Okay. So it sounds like, if it were me anyway, yeah. I would probably look at it after peak if I'd had concerns. But right now, really dive into that communication. Sure. Get Make sure that you're figuring out any challenges you're having right now to try to avoid those during peak. Yeah, exactly. And I when, when my reference to kind of Q3 and having these meetings, it's just ensuring that, hey, we're preparing for peak. That would probably not be like, hey, I'm looking for a new 3PL. It's just kind of refining and improving my existing partnership to, um, 
you know, perform and make sure we're ready to perform in Q4. I would say in the scenario where you just finished a peak season like last mm-hmm. year and you were really unsatisfied, Q3 isn't the time to switch. Yeah. You probably should have done that earlier. Already. Yeah. What if you've never had a 3PL? Yeah. Are you okay to jump in still sure, right now? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, as you work through with the 3PL, you know, they're going to give you a good sense of kind of, you know, their processes and their mm-hmm. timelines and kind of getting you set up. So, okay. yeah, it's still not too late for someone to get yeah. into a 3PL. And I would think especially if they are starting to see orders getting a little difficult for them to handle right now. Sure. Peak season could be a disaster if they don't go yeah. to 3PL right now. And they could so. be launching new products, gearing yeah. up for Q4. Uh-huh. Um, there could be functions where, you know, maybe they're looking at uh, their existing staffing model and saying, hey, you know what, last last Q4 was pretty tight. Maybe yeah. we want to put a little slack into the system. Um, it could be, you know, you mentioned earlier about storms. Uh-huh. I was I was meeting with a merchant uh, recently, and I again, it's just so fascinating to see the drivers for merchants moving to three PLs. And this merchant was particularly focused on like risk, and they were saying, "Hey, I need to ensure that I've got a multi location model to help me reduce my risk." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it could be the fact that you're not even saying, "Well." I can't handle my current volume. It could be that like, hey, I want to, you know, prepare for a risk where if this part of the country is shut down from ice storms or whatever Uh it is, that my product can still get to my end consumers yes, uh, at least as best as possible. And so, again, I think, you know, that's all part of strategically and determining and evaluating uh, when a 3PL is right. And, And so, you know, it could be like you're sitting here now saying, well, we can do our current fulfillment, but we want to plan for risk mitigation. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, does technology play a role here in 3PLs? I know uh, there's a lot going on in the yeah. in, in the facilities. I had to say a minute ago, you mentioned like, you know, it's so interesting to watch when they jump on. And just since I've joined the shipping industry, I've been shocked at how super fascinating everything yeah. is. And technology is a piece of that. You know, how does technology play a role? Sure, absolutely. I mean, we're a technology company, so mm-hmm. technology is a huge <laughs> part of this industry. But it really is fundamentally. I mean, uh, and we're seeing a, a dramatic innovation in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about hybrid fulfillment a little bit. Um this to me is really kind of fascinating in terms of seeing technology mm-hmm. that really facilitates the partner relationship with the merchant or the e-commerce business and the 3PL. Mm. And so, for example, uh, you know, we're working with a customer where they're using a technology where the merchant and the 3PL are effectively in the exact same instance Uh of the technology. So they can see who's ordering, who's fulfilling what. And it's almost like they're working Side by yeah, side, yeah. they're in two completely different facilities. The The e-commerce business is doing their fulfillment. They have part of that with a 3PL. But from a technology perspective, yeah. they have a holistic view of what's oh. happening. And it's almost as if from a technology perspective, they're working side by side. Yeah. And so that's just a, a, a really cool story I love yeah. about how technology is facilitating that partnership. Yes. So the... The e-commerce business isn't blind to what's happening with the 3PL. They can say, oh, I mean, real-time data, this package was just packed and shipped by our partner. And so I think looking for technology that strengthens that partnership Uh is key. So I love that, that with 
technology, you know, all the e-commerce companies then get access to the technology that the 3PL is using as well. And that's just, you know, another piece of that partnership that's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I would recommend for any e-commerce business that is really looking for 3PL services, they should evaluate the technology with respect to the partnership. How is the technology strengthening the partnership? How is it improving communication? How is it con- improving transparency and visibility into what each uh, part of the partnership is providing. And I think that's just a critical part of evaluating a 3PL, which is understanding not just the technology stack that may be part of the fulfillment, Mm -hmm. but understanding the technology stack that strengthens the partnership. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Would that also... Um, include the element of like integration with their current systems? It absolutely would. Yeah. I mean, and and so part of that assessment could be, hey, you know, these are some of the e-commerce platforms and stores that we use. You know, do you have integrations with them? What integrations do you have? How long does it take to get those integrations set up? All of that can be part of things, uh, the technology stack that effectively enhances the partnership. That makes sense. So since we're talking about the partnership, and kind of that relationship, you know, what are best practices for maybe negotiating contracts or um, just getting the most out of that relationship? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would, I think there's an element of utilizing resources that are available to you. So other e-commerce businesses that are working with 3PLs, you know, work within your network to understand Mm -hmm. and get it, I would say, get a better sense of what are some pitfalls and what are some challenges that our other e-commerce businesses are facing with 3PLs? And then it's okay. it's really setting expectations in that contract negotiation process, really you know, indicating to the 3PL, hey, here's our expectation. Here's what we're looking for. Working in that contract negotiation process to get SLAs around those key metrics that, that matter to you. So how long would, uh, you know, best practices or, or industry standards or something, how long might a contract be? Three months, six months, a year, five years? Sure, absolutely. I, I mean, ultimately, it kind of depends, right? Okay. And there's a lot of aspects to, you know, if you're putting yourself in a longer contract, something that maybe guarantees more uh, business to the 3PL, they may be able to and may be willing to provide um, additional discounts. Right. Um, at the same time, too, you know, if you're going into this brand new, you may not want a very long contract that doesn't, you know. 87 years and my grandmother's pearls. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you may want to be able to provide, you know, appropriate out if SLAs aren't being met. Mm -hmm. So you may be comfortable with a longer contract duration so long as that you have appropriate provisions around if these SLAs aren't met here's how we're going to address uh, the the non-performance on these So SLAs. you mentioned going to your network to kind of find out sure. what other people are doing. Is that similar with like kind of – so with eHub, my understanding is that, as we said, you're kind of like a dating service, so you'll connect the – they could give you all these parameters. Okay, this is my assumption. Tell yeah, me if I'm sure. wrong, Adam. Yeah, so yep. they come in and say – I want a 3PL with brown hair and 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 green eyes and who likes long walks on the beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, all, exactly. Their, all their things they want. And then you would find like potential partners. But would you do you guys help with that negotiation or in telling them like, hey, most people when they work with this person would do a one year contract? Like, is that something of what you guys provide as well? Yeah, really good question. Uh, a little context there. Every 3PL that's in our network has been vetted. 
So we're okay. ensuring okay. we look at it as a representation of us and our services at eHub. And so we are going to work to ensure that the three PLs that are in our network are of the highest caliber. Okay. So in the dating example, you know, we're only bringing right. high caliber dates to the table. No, here. no felons. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, it, sketchy people. Yeah. So okay, it, we're, we're bringing high caliber three PLs to the table. Um, and then to your point, what uh-huh. we sit down, we sit down with the e-commerce business. We get an understanding of you know, their criteria that they're looking Mm. for. Do they need specialties? Uh, What's their volume? You know, different attributes about them that they're looking for. What are the things that they value? Multi-location, et cetera. We learn about the e-commerce business. We have matching software where we take those data attributes and then we match that up to three PLs that are in our network um, Mm. that are going to be a best fit. And then we can propose that to... um, to the e-commerce business. It's a really cool service. Yeah. Really cool service, you guys, for if you're getting into the 3P world or 3PL world, I should say, or if you always have been, um, I love that because yeah. there's just a lot of data and connection out there. So, And I one of the things that I love about it is for an e-commerce business to really go through and try to understand all you know, the details about a 3PL. And, you know, we constantly hear from our e-commerce businesses that how hard it is going through the process of yeah. finding the right 3PL. Yeah. And I, scary. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you really are finding it's when a customer doesn't get their product on time or mm-hmm. they don't get the right product, they're not blaming the, the 3PL. 3PL. No, yeah, they exactly. are not. <laughs> they're not blaming the 3PL, you know, and it's it's really a representation of your brand. And so you want to make sure that you are working with the right 3PL. And, you know, one of the things that I love about that for us is that we make that process easier yeah. for the merchant. And we're really love focused it. on, hey, we are going to find you the right 3PL. That's really, really cool. Well, you know, we're getting towards the end. I'm going to ask how people can reach out to you because I'm sure people will have questions for you or, or want to know more about what you guys do at eHub. Um, but first, sure. do you have some takeaways? Um, we've got our, our audience out there. What do you want them to remember from this session? Um, any hot tips of what they should be doing going into peak season? Um, can you share uh, just a couple of final thoughts? Sure. Yeah. So uh, a couple thoughts that I think are takeaway. One, um, hybrid fulfillment models are great and they can really enhance what you're currently doing from your fulfillment. So if you're not engaged with a 3PL today, sit down, strategically work to understand how a 3PL can strengthen your fulfillment processes, whether that's through risk mitigation, lowering cost Mm -hmm. from a multi-location delivery model, um, whatever that right answer is for you, I would say strongly consider a 3PL and how they can strengthen your fulfillment um, processes and ultimately deliver a better customer experience for your customers. And I think the last thing that I would say out there is, um, you know, if you're not a part of a network that is learning about 3PLs and optimizing fulfillment, you know, join some form of a network. And and even if that's not the eHub network and, you know, participate in a network where you can continually learn about what is happening in this space because it is continually innovating Mm -hmm. and it's getting consistently better and it's an exciting industry so exciting so exciting i just recently hopefully you guys watched a session on ai and tech and 
there is so much going on that you really do need to be connected with other people. Um, final question that it, your your tip spurred for me. Um, you mentioned you when we were working with Gab Wireless of looking at like a cost calculator sure, or yep. something. Did you guys come up with, is that a tool or something that you offer? So if somebody is looking at a hybrid model or something, are there some cost calculators or are there some out there they yeah, can use? Yeah, there's definitely some out there. We're, we'll be releasing one soon. We've been oh, kind exciting. of dialing one. So yeah, uh, we can help you on that even okay, without cool. the the formal release of the cost calculator. But yeah, there's there's partners out there that we can utilize too to help you dial in the cost. So we definitely have ways that we can help you get a good understanding of the cost. Okay, very cool. All right, so somebody wants to get a hold of you. Can they connect with you on LinkedIn? Should they go, you know, email you? What what can they do to, to contact you? Adam? Sure, absolutely. So yeah, I, I'd love to join people on LinkedIn. Great. We also, you know, coming to our website, we have a lot of great resource and material there. Perfect. We can include a link yeah. in the description. So look down. And, you know, whether Merchant or 3PL, we offer a way for you to kind of go through the process and join and, and work to participate in our network. So, you know, I'd say come check us out on our website and, um, you know, join me on LinkedIn or, uh, you know, any ways that you can contact our support or resource team. We're happy to help. Fantastic. Got to have you back after you do your uh, heli skiing. Perfect. Can't wait to hear about it. And thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys. See you next time.